This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. You had trouble getting that out. No, I did not. <laughs> Good morning, Truman. I'm just a little slow on on the trigger this morning. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I maybe I had a pretty actually I had a great weekend, not as great as yours, because uh you were out uh, doing all the fun things that you used to do when you were a kid. Well, no, not all. <laughs> But we did do the little, ones that you could do. Yeah, we we did do some serious uh, uh, talking and eating in some beautiful country up uh, in Van Buren County. Well, now that's an area that a lot of people will go and uh, in the great outdoors and do some really fun stuff. Um, and I'm sure that. Really, eating and uh, talking, is that it? For some of us it was, and for some of us uh, well, we used the shooting range and the lake and some fishing and some swimming. And uh, uh, But nobody is allowed in the group unless you're well past 70. So That pretty much limits it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the group that I worked with and played with back in the 1960s. Uh, through the scouting program, we all worked on the summer camp staff for the Middle Tennessee Council program. Mm -hmm. And uh, nine of us, after the close of the camping season back in 1965, uh, went off to Canada and did 10 to 12 days of camping and fishing and hiking in the Quetico, which is the land of 10,000 lakes or something mm -hmm. like that up in that area and uh, in, in 2015 one of the fellows said hey let's do it again so six of us drug off again a little different experience well we went back to the Quetico so now we've decided that it's just a whole lot easier to stay in Tennessee and we go up to uh, the mountains in Van, Van Buren County remote area, beautiful area. I think part of it's adjacent to Fall Creek Falls State Park. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yes, it is. Yeah, and uh, uh, very popular now for uh, rock climbing and rappelling, which we, we don't do, but uh, there are several programs up in that reserve. It's called Latimer Reservation. Mr. Latimer purchased it and gave it to the Scout Council. Wow. And then uh, I think he also funded some of the initial development. There are some cabins and such up there. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, people come from all over the southeast and maybe even further than that to use the facility as kind of a conference center yeah uh, but the weekend we're there nobody else is there we we reserve the entire operation and bring in some staff people to to help us and uh, we do some fancy eating and we uh, do an awful lot of talking and then several of the guys are very good on the string instruments so we have one night that we kind of go bluegrass and uh, well in fact one of the probably the most accomplished uh, guitar player is our former congressman for the east eastern part of the state uh, district one phil rowe and he decided to retire and not run for re-election so he was uh, relaxed and and uh, entertaining can he sing yeah, he's an excellent singer. Really. So you had entertainment to go along with the great food. Well, yeah, uh, several. In fact, uh, about five out of eleven are all string instrument. Uh, mm -hmm. One plays a twelve-string guitar, which sounds like a whole symphony when he cuts loose on that. Uh, so once a year to check, and so far everybody's. Nobody is fully healthy. We're all over 70, but nobody's in any serious condition. So uh, we'll probably keep it up for several more years. Is the landscape very similar to Fall Creek Falls? Because all the, uh, the great scenery around there, the falls, of yeah. course, uh, but, you can go over the Swingland Bridge and all yeah. that. Well, the difference from the state park and the reserve is the reserve is not developed uh, as the park is yeah uh all the hiking trails are rough oh the if i were 50 60 years younger the bike trek got about a 10 mile bike trail which uh i'd be intimidated even to be in a four-wheel uh power thing yeah uh, some real steep climbs real sharp drops but uh as I said, the uh, young people come from all over the southeast to, to use the reservation. And uh, it is really a crown jewel in our Middle Tennessee Council. Right now it serves primarily to generate a cash flow to support the other scout program. Yeah. Uh, and is used only by the older, older kids and then I say young adults uh, program. A lot of church groups come in there, mm -hmm. corporate groups, you know, uh, for a corporate retreat, such as that. What is, is that one of the big draws for scouting, is, is being able to um, take part in things like what you're saying well, right now? Well, the outdoors and the outdoor activities, which have evolved quite a bit over my lifetime, we didn't do rock climbing or rappelling and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's a big part of the program now for the older kids. Uh, spelunking, there's some cave access up yeah. up in that area too. Now the the spelunking. Would you compare spelunking there to here, where we have some areas here when people go caving that are pretty dangerous? So who overlooks that if it's not a park? Well, we have specialists like uh, there's a fellow that comes up from Alabama to supervise the uh, rock climbing, mm -hmm. Lance Usry. Uh, 
uh, and we bring in people from the local grotto for the caving activity. Uh, there's probably more caves in Rutherford County than there is in Van Buren County, if you can believe that. Yeah. Uh, in Van Buren County, the caves are that uh, the program uses are dry caves. Mm -hmm. And of course, here we have a very famous wet cave. And a very dangerous one. Yeah, that uh, is beautiful, but dangerous because of the, the uh, wet cave status. Yeah. People who have been so instrumental in uh, supporting uh, the uh, scouts uh, for all these years, is it going to be, will it be able to come back and be very similar to what it used to be? Never be very similar to what it used to be. But uh, hopefully there's a part of the mission, which is to teach citizenship and patriotism and uh, self-discipline. Uh, hopefully that mission will eventually find a, a, the right vehicle. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the things we talked about, because we all go back to a program that's now 70 years, 60 years ago, mm -hmm. we wonder too what it'll emerge as, because financial pressures right now are extreme. And uh, the culture is hard to understand, uh, but uh, if there's a role for it, I'm sure it'll rise to the role and probably be a healthier organization, uh, having learned. But uh, that's the optimistic view. Some of the group feel like it'll never be a uh, significant uh, cultural uh, part of our culture again, but uh, it's it's not the ones that the press has been pushing all of the negative things on, yeah. is it? it? It it's the way that uh, uh, we we want our young people to be able to perform and overcome a, a, a lot of obstacles that. Uh, make their lives stronger and better and and we we just want to uh, it, it's a process now that they the kids are given things instead of earning them yeah that's been the change that has troubled most of my group and uh, when we were in scouting to advance through scouting you had to meet certain set goals and standards mm -hmm. The tendency now is more and more to just do your best, uh, which means everybody can end up at the same point, and that's that's not the way it works in real life. Uh, but that's what's got to shake out. The Eagle Scout, when once you were able to reach that level, that was special, all the way across the country. Oh yeah. And still is highly regarded, but it's not the challenge. Uh, there's some very good aspects, such as the service project. Mm -hmm. But uh, it used to be a very kind of demanding physical requirements. You had to be able to run a distance in a certain time. You had to be able to do so many pull-ups. You had to do, you know, uh, so, you know, physical conditioning was part of it. That uh, right now has pretty much disappeared. Uh, but we'll see how it comes around. Yeah. Uh, this week, uh, an interesting uh, activity in the neighboring county. 
Uh, I believe it opens later this, maybe Thursday, the county fair it used to be up in Wilson County mm -hmm. is now the state fair. In fact, I was reading an article about the merger of the state fair and the state is putting some serious funding into the uh, organization that sponsors the fair in Wilson County. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what they're going to call it still, the Wilson County Fair or the state fair, just how they're going to address it. But I was reading uh, an article about the the new format and such up there. It sounds very interesting, very exciting for those of us that enjoy the fairs. Uh, but it made reference to this is the first time the Tennessee State Fair is anywhere other than Nashville. My son complains, Pa, you're always correcting things. Well, I can't help it. Historically, I like to see accuracy in the Tennessee State Fair in 1869, just as things were uh, beginning to redevelop after the war, was in Murfreesboro. A, uh, some Yankee money that came down to Rutherford County just immediately after the end of the war. A couple of fellows bought a part of the uh, Miller estate. Uh, Miller, we've talked about many times, uh, owned <laughs> an awful lot of property, uh, part of which was is now the uh, Indian Hills Golf Course in that area. But mm -hmm. these uh, northern investors bought the part of the property on the, I guess that would be the west side of the Shelbyville Pike, and built a uh, venue, we'd call it today, for horse racing and agricultural exhibitions such mm -hmm. as that. And uh, apparently they had some political pull with the administration in the late 1860s. And in 1869, the, I guess I'd call it more a predecessor, uh, but still identified as the state fair uh, was Didn't held. they call that the new carpet bagger state fair? When that's when that's, that's the name of it. That's very much what it was. But when they came down here and put the money in without any strings attached, uh, we couldn't help but encourage it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the eighteen sixty still all about the money. Yeah. Yeah. The eighteen sixty nine state fair was in uh, Murfreesboro in what we still some of us refer to as the old fairgrounds, mm -hmm. and uh, part of it is still undeveloped. Uh, part of it is now the workhouse, and I think there's some businesses along that stretch. But uh, before you get to the interstate on the right, there's still some open, undeveloped land, which is... Isn't that owned by some ladies who own that bean place up there? Bean place. Yeah, yeah. They had, uh, the, the Worthen, the Worthen that yeah. I think of is the bag company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did make bags for beans and, yeah. and, every, and everything else. Uh, yeah, one of the Worthens bought the entire fairgrounds property, oh, what, back in the 50s, 1950s. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is still, what remains of it is still in the uh, Worthen family. And I think you may be right, the descendants now are a couple of ladies. Yeah. Uh, well, that was some time ago. Yeah. No, I still think uh, the open, undeveloped area is still owned by the yeah. Worthens. My friend uh, Detroit uh, <laughs> has developed part of it, I know. 
uh, Jim Haynes. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody was talking to me uh, yesterday. We haven't been over uh, to Hooper's Supply in a while, and they were talking about it and, and, and said that's one place they really, really miss. Uh, is going there and and all the friendships that everybody had made over in that one place. Well, there's still a good group that gathers over there. I seldom but occasionally sit with them, but it's a different group. Mm -hmm. uh, we lost, I think, five or six just real close together of the old regulars back in the 2019-2020 period, unrelated to the pandemic. Uh, it was more of a natural attrition, but yeah. we had quite a number of guys who were well past 85 on into their 90s, and uh, within a period of about six months, we lost four of them. Yeah. So, you know, it changed, changed the group rather dramatically, but still, if you got time, nine o'clock in the morning over at Hooper's, uh, it's a, a good discussion group. Yeah, and if you want to know something about the history of this area, you've got all the ones that that you need to talk to right there. Yeah, as far back as they go. I yeah. mean, uh, when I first started enjoying the group in about 2005, I was a kid in the group, the youngest one in the group, and that's not the case anymore. Uh, but... Uh, Oh, you're still a baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, compared to some of those we lost, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, one of my neighbors shared something with me uh, during the weekend. Uh, Edgar Arnold, who is uh, just up the hill a little bit from the intersection there that we call Donald's Chapel. Mm -hmm. And uh, Eddie is a related descendant of uh, some of the earliest names in the area, including Donald, Bowman, Arnold. Uh, and uh, he came across, I'm not sure why he came across it just recently, a deed uh, to the property that the church has been the Big Creek Baptist Church ever since. Mm -hmm. I think it... Uh, the deed is actually dated uh, 1879, but I think the church probably was there even before that. Uh, but a couple of things in the deed. I mean, part of the deed is just reciting the meets and bounds and, you know, from this corner to that corner. Uh, it's interesting, the names involved. Uh, Mr. Mankin, W.D. Mankin, was titling the property for the church to the Big Creek Baptist Church uh, in the person of the trustees, one of which was another mankin, uh, W.P. Mankin. So uh, it may have been a family involved on both sides of the transaction. But reading through it, uh, most of it is the language you'd expect until you get down to uh, the point that says, the church is to be strictly a church house. And when converted to any other use, this deed is null and void. You see that not infrequently in uh, deeds relating to church property and school property. And uh, although the intent is clear, they want it back if it's not used for a church anymore. 
150 years later. Those mm -hmm. can be very complicated uh, requirements because who gets it? Where's the family that gave it in the first place? Because the actual uh, one who gave the title, gave the property, is long gone, and it's hard to trace. And uh, frequently you find that uh, the local judiciary uh, is kind of hostile to those kind of restrictions. So I always wonder if today, and we attended the Big Creek Baptist Church with our children, uh, if the property was sold and someone was building his house there, who would uh, who would attempt to enforce the the reverter clause, as it's sometimes called? Who would be selling it? The church supposedly the, owns it. The, but, but the trustees so, of the church would have the uh, power too. But uh, you can see how complicated that would get. As an attorney, <laughs> which side would you want to be on? What what would be more likely to be able to to? Um, I would suspect that uh, in most cases uh, they would resolve it such that the property could stay productive. So if the church is uh, defunct, no longer has an active congregation, uh, the the uh, authorities will usually look for a way to put the property back in productive use. You follow that? I follow it, but once once it's sold, the monies will go to the church. But does it really go to the church? Does it go to the people who who would be that's, pretty much in charge of the? That's very interesting. Uh, I did help in a number of uh, health-related when a big proprietary hospital firm. Uh, buys a local public hospital mm -hmm. where there's not any real individual who owns it, but it's in part of a, uh, what we did. We started setting up foundations. Mm -hmm. Does this all sound familiar? Yes. Yeah, it's exactly what happened here in Murfreesboro, the old Rutherford County Hospital. Who owns that? You know, well, it was, yeah. So to whom do we pay in order to buy the hospital? And uh, Hospital Corporation of America took the initiative to to, to establish the process. And uh, what we do is we set up a foundation dedicated to serving the community involved and then pay into that foundation the purchase price of the facility. Mm -hmm. And then the facility goes private, but you have the uh, money retained in the community for the benefit of the community through the foundation. At the extreme, I could see a church situation like this would probably go the same way because, you know, who in the world would be the owner to benefit from the sale of a ancient little church out in the country? Uh, Big Creek Baptist would, would meet that definition. It's a little primitive Baptist church in a uh, remote area of the, of the county. And uh, right now, unsurprisingly, is held together by just two or three families, the mm -hmm. Bowman family for one, and the Arnold family, uh, both of which trace way, way back in the history of the community. There's more. There's more. Uh, and this is not 
as calm. In fact, I had never seen this before. After saying that uh, if it's not a church, then the deed title is null and void, the next sentence says, all religious denominations are allowed to preach in the house uh, except the Camelites. <laughs> oh, God. They are forever... Oh, I just took a lick. <laughs> they are forever debased. Uh, and now, then, why would that happen? At this time, and you and I have talked about this before, and, uh, and uh, I thought you were a little overly sensitive. Still uh, am. <laughs> and there was a period uh, when they were considered a, quote, sect, S-E-C-T. Uh -huh. And, uh, in fact, if you read the... Annals of Rutherford County by John Spence, uh, written in the 1870s, which would be right contemporary with this deed. Mm -hmm. uh, he describes as during the summer of 1832, a sect of religionists commenced their career in the county and in the town of Murfreesboro. Uh, this new theory was promulgated by Alexander Campbell of Virginia about the year 1827. And then Spence goes on with two pages of, the, of rather defensive uh, commentary on this uh, divisive new sect. And having read quite a bit of writing in that period, in fact, there's a, there's a cute letter that a lady wrote to her husband let me share it. it uh, the lady was Martha Seals. Her husband was Edmund Seals. Back in the 1880, the Seals had a, quote, shop. I think they were making wagons, repairing wagon equipment, uh, and a farm. Uh, Mr. Seals, though, felt like they were struggling too much and uh, told his wife that he was going to uh, move into the more prosperous Rutherford County mm -hmm. and to try to establish a business there. And uh, the decision was that she and his two sons, grown, older, teen boys, would remain in McMinnville area uh, to manage the shop and the farm until he got set up in Rutherford County. And then he would make arrangements for them all to join him. Uh, well, uh, she is writing to her husband and says, Dear husband, we are all well as common. The boys are getting very well in the shop. Vip, V-I-P is his name, Vip has been drunk ever since you left <laughs> till last Sunday. And George took one drunken spree of two or three days, but he's done very well ever since. Now, Vip drunk till Saturday then he sobered up and was baptized the next day and has joined the church. So things are working out for the boys. Mm -hmm. Which I, church? We hadn't got there yet. <laughs> I had the cow killed Monday and salted up. The rye is doing very well. The lot is green as summer. You wrote if I wanted to come, you would come after me. Well, there's no need of me coming as I don't want to come. My health is good enough. I don't want to come unless you are sick or something the matter. And then she goes on with the local news. Mm -hmm. Patterson's baby died Sunday night. Carol Clark's brother Bill got his neck broke Saturday. The day after you left, the train ran over 
Orias Argo's wife on the factory bridge and mashed her right leg all to pieces and broke her arm and cut her head. They cut her leg off above her knee. She's still alive and doing very well. Just that's, a, that's the only good news I've heard so far. That's uh, <laughs> average day in it. There is a big meeting going on at the Camelites Church, and 35 have joined. Even Pierce Byers has joined them. Uh, we have bought. We have not bought, bought any. She goes on again. Any corn shucks or fodder. George is going to the mountain Friday. I have nothing more to write, but write soon. Uh, I remain here truly. Uh, Let's take a quick break. All right. Because the music then we'll affected my hearing. We'll speculate a little. Yeah, on that. we'll be right back. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St. Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24-7. Get the care you need at getsthealthcare.com. According to the National Institutes of Health, 30% of hospital admissions in older adults are drug-related, like taking meds at the wrong time. Hero Health simplifies medication management. The smart device stores up to 90 days' worth of up to 10 different pills. It dispenses them at the push of a button. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days and get free contactless delivery. Just call 800-420-7550. That's 800-420-7550. 800-420-7550. Hero. Medication managed. It's time for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk off home run in the ninth inning good. Okay, maybe not that good, but pretty darn good. With straight talk, you can get 25 gigs of high speed data for $45 a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract. All on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell's self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Walmsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Sometimes the world can seem a cold place, so we got to bring the warmth to it. Sometimes the world can seem a broken place, so we got to strive to fix it. At the end of the day, we are empowered to create the world we want to live in. So we prepare for the worst. But we must always, always expect the best. Smith & Wesson, empowering Americans. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed. And in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. 
Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Marcus Erickson is the winner of the first ever Music City Grand Prix. The win by the Swedish driver helped him move into fifth place in the IndyCar Series points with five races left. Nearly 30 cars participated in the 80-lap race course through the streets of downtown Nashville Sunday. It's the first new street course race added to the schedule in 10 years. If you wonder how much an event like that means for a city, the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation says the Music City Grand Prix could have an over $20 million impact on downtown businesses. Saturday, the alumni base at Middle Tennessee State University increased by 825 as the class of 2021 received their diplomas. The summer commencement was held in Murphy Center. It included 607 undergraduates and 218 graduate scholars, while boosting the university's total graduates to over 171,780. Next, MTSU will formally welcome the class of 2025 and new transfer students at University Convocation in Murphy Center, Saturday, August 21st at 6 p.m. Well, Middle Tennessee residents could see delays in mail service starting in October. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy confirmed over the weekend that the U.S. Postal Service is changing its standard time frame for delivering first-class letters, flat envelopes, and items like magazines. Delivery is expected to go from a one- to three-day window to a one- to five-day window for mail sent within the contiguous United States. Officials say 70% of first-class mail should still make the one- to three-day window, which stays west of the Rockies, Florida, and South Texas, most likely to see the worst delays. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Hello, this is Greg Tidwell from Bell Jewelers. We're in the love business. People that come in here are happy, celebrating special occasions, and we're very secretive. We don't talk about what people purchase. You need to announce that yourself, but we're ready to celebrate when you are. Come by and see us at Bell Jewelers at 821 Northwest Broad Street. We're across the street from Toots. We're open 10 to 6 during the week, 10 to 5 on Saturday, and close most Sundays. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Scatter showers and thunderstorms are possible across the area for this afternoon, otherwise expecting partly sunny conditions and a high of 91. I'm meteorologist Nick Carlisle on News Radio WGNS. Right now it's 75. Classic kid movies are back this summer at Premier 6 on Broad in Jackson Heights. $5 tickets include admission, drink, popcorn, and candy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for classic kid movies all summer. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. 
FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Guys, we're back, and uh, are we going to continue going on this uh, level of uh, well, we treating doing, the we host bad, we or are we going to go uh, to something uh, like uh, maybe go back to the the dam, the Sam Davis dam? Yeah, something non-controversial. Yeah, that everybody can agree. <laughs> yeah. I think our speculation is that uh, the Baptists and others back in the 1870s were losing a lot of their adherents to this uh, new sect mm -hmm. and that in particular would make them kind of defensive competition. So what now we're attacking the Baptists, right? Are we? No, I'm, I'm no. No. That's, that's not in my line there. Well, let's not talk about the Methodists and the Presbyterians <laughs> either. Oh. oh. Well, when we, had, we had an uninvited guy show up during the break. And we're glad to see and him. And he's always invited here. He's, he really has a standing invitation. Yeah. And having had an email, from, was it an email or a text message, I kind of expected you, Mike. Did Mike, you? Well, thank you. Mike Waller has joined us. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe he's got something to share with us. Well, thank Good you. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. You're looking well. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Life is good. Yes, it is. What you been doing? Well, I've been back down on the Gulf Coast trying to repair the, the property down there. And I've been, for the last four months, I've spent two weeks each month there and come back home and work for two weeks. So mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of my two week uh, back at home. So just trying to catch up on things and read all my emails, my newspapers. Well, what's wrong with the property down there? We had a little hurricane down there. Back, uh, uh, Back last September, and it was followed by two tornadoes. Now, why would you invest in property in the path of a hurricane? Well, we didn't realize it was when when we bought it, but it was <laughs> a, a children's project that we've all put together. And Where is it located? Enjoyed. Uh, the address is Gulf Shores, uh -huh. but it's actually out at Fort Morgan, right on that peninsula on the Mobile Bay. Yeah. Pretty big complex. Uh, but it had four four buildings, and uh, our building had four elevators, all of which were knocked out, and roof taken off, and air conditioner units taken off, and water sprinklers ran for a couple of days, so wow. it did did a lot of damage. How, how do you uh, uh, vacation there? Or do, or, or do you allow vacation in there? Well, sounds you know, like he's down there repairing it. Well, uh, I know. that can be a vacation, I guess. You know, to be honest with you, <coughs> it's, it's taught me a good lesson that uh, I can be away from home uh -huh. and my business here, and it goes on pretty good without me. Yeah. So uh, I fully intend this winter to spend a lot more time down there just relaxing. Oh, it's beautiful down there. It is. It is. And uh, I really enjoy the seafood and have a couple of favorite restaurants and places to go. But uh, Is it pretty accessible to uh, someone going down there that's oh, yeah. looking for a place to stay? Oh, sure. Sure. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a huge complex. There's four buildings there and about 
700 units. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, not all of them are, are rented. We rent ours when we're not using it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it has probably a mile of private beach mm-hmm. and all types of restaurants and spas and, you know, so, something for every age group. A lot of young people this time of year, you know, before school starts back. But uh, in years past, they've had a lot of soccer camps and mm-hmm. cheerleader competitions and things like that. But it's uh, it's nice here, and you know, it's uh, my children put it together and picked it out. Oh my goodness! I'm just down there helping clean up, and restore the place a little yeah. bit. I miss mine. I really do. Yeah. And uh, Jackie just absolutely loved going down there. Right. We'd have the best time and yeah. uh, enjoyed sharing that time with uh, a lot of our friends sure. and family. Sure. And that made it special, too. Right. Right. But uh, it's, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a challenge. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, we're, we're getting there. We're just about done, I think. No more than two more trips, and I'll, I'll be through. Maybe and you one. sound like you're enjoying it. Well, you know, I, I'm making some progress, and, and I've always enjoyed working with my hands and, yeah. and doing things like that. You like that. staying busy, period. I do. I do. I really do. Uh, of course, my son, uh, is. this is his project. He, he oversees it, and he mm-hmm. manages it, and so I'm, I'm working for him now. <laughs> That's <laughs> the best kind of whatever, project. Whatever yeah. he tells me to do, I say, yes, sir, and go right on. But uh, I, I, uh, I told him before we bought it, I said, you know, I'll, I'll help you and we'll work it out with uh, one condition, and that is I'm not going to be involved in the day-to-day operations or the management. One of the three of you are going to have to do That's a good that. idea. So it's worked out well. I yeah. mean, it's, it's helped him and it's helped his sister. So. Well, you've been th- so involved in, in this Sam Davis uh, the home and especially the dam project right now. You know, as as you remember, and, and we visited a number of times. Mm-hmm. You know, when Greg and I first got involved in it, uh, the the key issue was the ownership of the dam, mm-hmm. and we felt very strongly that uh, a third party should not be allowed to come in and dispose of a piece of real estate yeah. without the permission of the owners. Very well put. And at the time, uh, they had neither. Uh, one group had discussed it, but had not taken action. Uh, the other other group, the school board, they had never heard of it. They didn't know anything about it. Now, as it turns out, uh, this third party had talked to uh, an individual or two with the school board, but they had not shared that information with the the voting members. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other group, you know, it's it's, it's unclear uh, who knew what and when they knew it. But uh, now, uh, the Corps of Engineers, who has drafted this memorandum of agreement, uh, has acknowledged and recognizes the the two owners of the dam, and the disposition or whatever happens, if anything happens. Uh, from what I understand, it's going to be left up to those two entities. Yeah. So, again, the, the school board uh, has it on their agenda for this Thursday evening, the 12th. Uh, and I don't have a sense for whether they're going to make a decision or postpone it. 
uh, I wouldn't be surprised with everything else we've got going with the school system and just getting started back in school if uh, uh, they don't maybe defer or postpone working on this because they've got their hands full right now. Yeah. Trying to, well, it's the first full day of school. But I don't know that. They may have already, they may have already discussed it and made up their minds what they want to do with it. You said there was two owners. The Rutherford County School Board owns one side of the creek, uh -huh. and the Sam Davis uh, Memorial Association owns the other side. They're the, they're the is, actual owners. Which is the state of Tennessee. The Sam Davis group is, yes. Yeah. The, so who would be representing them? Well, uh, that's not real clear. There is a state law that was passed in 1931 that established the Sam Davis Memorial Association and their board of trustees. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very brief to the point and very specific mm -hmm. uh, in, in their guidelines and what they're supposed to do. Those trustees are appointed by the governor. Uh, they serve a, uh, a term at the pleasure of the governor. Uh, now, are these local people here? For the most our... part. For the most part, Miss Barbara Vinson, uh, who lives here in Murfreesboro, works in Smyrna, mm -hmm. uh, there at Southern Bank of Tennessee. Barbara is the president of the Board of Trustees. Okay. Uh, most of the board is has a Murfreesboro address, a couple of them Smyrna, and one of them Lebanon, I think. So they they uh, represent the state yeah. in taking care of the property. Uh, I think part of the reason, at least my guess understanding, that you contacted me was that early on the history of the dam was inadvertently or deliberately misrepresented. Uh, there was some uh, correspondence that sounded like they were taking the dam to be contemporary with Percy Priest's impoundment in the 1960s and essentially blowing it off as not any historic significance. I think you've made some incredible progress there. We now have a detailed statement as to the history and intent of that particular part of the uh, Sam Davis Farm, which is on the Historic Registry, National right. Historic Registry. And at a quick glance at what you brought in this morning, uh, it looks like the, uh, the Corps of Engineers is going to require documentation and uh, both uh, written and photographic documentation of the dam and a uh, plaque or something that will forever provide that history, even though the dam itself may disappear. So. Uh, at least straightening out the history and getting a assurance that it will be acknowledged and properly uh, honored uh, is quite a bit of an achievement, Mike. Well, it's been interesting to, to research and ask questions and, and learn about it. Uh, and again, you know, when, when, when Greg and I first started on it, it was strictly a, a ownership issue. Of course, mm -hmm. as we got into the mitigating credits, and, and got educated into that and saw how much money was going to change hands. Uh, as we learned about the history, uh, we were able to locate minutes of the Board of Trustees meetings back in 1939 where they paid $775, I believe it was, Greg, to have a local 
someone has suggested that you sued the Sam Davis Association in connection with this. I know for a fact there's never been any kind of lawsuit. You did petition the state agency to reconsider because of the misinformation they had originally relied on. And uh, the Sam Davis Memorial Association was not a party to that. That was between you and the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation. We went to one hearing, and of course, as you would expect, the, the agency's hearing officer had never rules against the agency. Uh, but uh, there was never any lawsuit, and to my knowledge, you've never worried. you've never brought any legal action against Sam Davis. In fact, it appeared to me from the outset that you were trying to be sure that the Memorial Association got sufficient value and uh, was sufficiently attentive to the history. And uh, perhaps uh, both of those have been achieved. It seems like you know. that the people who are profiting off of this are really uh, doing very little for the the people that uh, are in charge the the board and the and the, uh, as far as the school board and then the board are on the Sam Davis zone well what they have proposed is to take control of six or six and a half acres of land contiguous to the creek uh, and to uh, make sure it doesn't erode. Now this this is after they destroy the dam. Yeah. And uh, and then after a seven year period, if there are any funds left, that's when they would compensate the school board and the Sam Davis home. Uh, and I guess does the dam really need to be destroyed right now? Well, if you look at documents from the county historian, the Tennessee Historical Commission, the Advisory Council on Historic Preservation, mm -hmm. and the National Historic Register, that would be a unanimous no. Yeah. Now, the, the Advisory Council chose not to take action, but they deferred their position to the National Historic Register. Mm -hmm. So I have uh, available and have shared with both groups uh, those documents, uh, but they apparently don't have the final say-so based upon the interpretation of the Corps of Engineers. The, the Corps, it appears, is very much wanting to destroy the dam. For what reason? I think they said uh, to, to, to open up the stream flow and protect the environment or something to that effect. Yeah, the documents you brought in, again, I'm seeing it for the first time, but at a glance it said the dam, there would be a memorial plaque or whatever you call the historic marker the last sentence there says the dam was removed, assuming this happened, the dam was removed in 2021 to restore Stewart Creek to its natural free-flowing condition. Uh, and I guess 
You know, that's correct. If the dam is gone, it returns to free-flowing. Now, whether it's the natural or whether it's a man-made free-flowing condition, sure. one could be nitpicking about. But uh, that would be the official uh, explanation, which differs from the original public notice, where it said it was to generate mitigation credits that then would be sold to developers and the Department of Transportation. Uh, but Mike has brought it a long way. Well, the, the reasons uh, that they have used previously for destroying the dam was they first said it was obsolete. Mm -hmm. uh, then they said it had no historical significance. Uh, then they said it was an insurance liability. And I guess the last thing they said before this marker was uh, drafted said it was a safety issue. So, uh, in each case, I think uh, it appears they were just trying to concoct a reason uh, with, without any basis, because uh, you know we've we've met and visited with the insurance agency and uh, have letters from the law enforcement, emergency medical. Mm -hmm. uh, Saying they've never had any any issues with safety. Historical, I just I just discussed it where all the the agencies from local to, to Washington have said it does have historical significance. And of course it's uh, I, obsolete, I don't know. I mean it was it's it's old. It's been there for a long while, but uh, until twenty ten it served its purpose. Until the big flood when it washed out one side of the dam. But uh, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that's obsolete just because Mother Nature uh, disrupted uh, the flow around the dam. The dam is still intact. Yeah. So it looks to uh, the mitigation process, of course, is part of the bewildering uh, uh, things that are. Uh, reaching out to a lot of people around here because uh, Sam Davis' home, uh, it, it seems like um, um, there was, there was it, if I remember correct, one or two people, at least on that board, had knowledge, is that correct, of, of the mitigation process yes, that sir. was getting ready yes, to go on? Yes, sir. Did it go any much further than that, than just notifying them? Um, yes, it, uh, even before it came to the Sam Davis group, this third party had, had literally sold and collected funds for the mitigation credits in advance of it being approved by the Department of Conservation and Environment. I certainly don't understand that. Now they call it mitigation banking, but still I don't understand how you can sell an asset that you don't own and transfer uh, those credits to another agency to use mm -hmm. uh, to mitigate their water. Uh, when did uh, the Corps of Engineers get involved? The first documentation I've seen back in 2018 when they were asked to come and look at it and see if it met. Who the asked them to do that? Uh, there was an engineering firm that was hired by the third party. Uh -huh. If I, as I recall, my documentation came, uh, I think, inadvertently, 
uh, in response to another question from the Department of Conservation and Environment. Uh, that's another strange situation in that when the Department of Conservation and Environment uh, approved the process to, to get rid of the dam, uh, they mentioned on two occasions in their documentation that it would be reviewed by interagency council. And I started last summer trying to find out who that was comprised of, which they did send me a list, uh, but it was such, such information such as Environment, Environmental Protection Agency, Atlanta, Georgia, you know, uh, Wildlife, Game and Fish, uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean, didn't give any names or anything like that. So I, I had pursued it uh, until pretty much recently when I when I realized they weren't going to share with me any information other than say uh, they had disregarded, they didn't say disregarded, but they, they chose not to pursue other agencies' input. So you don't know wh when the Corps of Engineer first uh, got wind of this, or were they the one that really... It doesn't sound right that they would be the ones that would get involved initially. Oh, I don't think they were initially. I, I think they went out and looked at it at the request of this third party's engineering. Now, the third party is the Cumberland River Compact. And it, it sounds like somebody had to initiate that with them. Am I right? I, it appears so. I mean, I don't know how they would... Uh, well, I say, I, let me back it up. That is their business. Is that an accurate term, Greg? I mean, they're in business, and they, only thing they do is generate mitigation credits to sell to real estate developers, and the Tennessee Department of Transportation has to buy these mitigation credits. Uh, all of this goes back to the 1960s when the federal law Clean, passed the Clean, Clean Water, Water Act. So this is a interpretation which allowed them to do that, and, and Cumberland River is one of numerous uh, entities that, that do this. And of course, that's how they generate funds to pay salaries and things like that. That sounds like uh, something that uh, almost has no name or, or no particular target, but it's a way for just like you just said, to generate the monies. And it co look at all the co uh, confusion that is caused and affected our community here. Well, uh, I, I, I'm, my sense is uh, they don't like to answer questions. It's obvious. You know, they just like to, to go on and, and nobody questions uh, what they're doing or why they're doing it. Uh, you know, when, when we had this hearing, uh, we asked them for quite a bit of information which they chose not to provide. Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't the only one that did that. Uh, but Has anyone connect, uh, contacted the governor about this particular situation? Not to Fully my addresses it. Not to, to my knowledge. That, that, that's amazing. 
Well, uh, has the uh, uh, Sam Davis board have they have they become active in this particular problem? I haven't had any conversations or uh, correspondence with them. Uh, I, my sense is there's just a, a small group of people that are pushing it. Uh, the rest of them are dedicated to preserving the home and the grounds and you know having fundraisers and doing things like that. Uh, I, I did early on talk to some of their former board members and trustees, you know, uh, Jenny Williams, Kathy Lamb, uh, I think maybe Gene Seals, but you know, they said that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it, it, the, the dam was so insignificant that they really didn't remember much discussion about it. Uh, of course, uh, they readily admitted too, they didn't realize the historical significance. I mean, they didn't know who built it or when it was built or why it was built. Uh, You're talking about people who were on the on the board. On the board, board trust, yes. So they they uh, it looked like maybe they were not realizing the entire scope of the thing. I don't I don't think they were. Well, I know maybe they weren't, they weren't given the, uh, the all the information that they needed. Oh, I, I don't I don't think they were. Now, Greg and I attended two of their meetings, and that was quite. Uh, I mean, they discussed it. They acknowledged it, mm -hmm. you know. Since then, I've not gone to any meetings, and uh, I talked to Barbara occasionally in the bank, but I have shared with her uh, and plan to do so again, you know, the, the renderings or the findings of the historical uh, agencies and, and people there to make sure they realize uh, what the true historians Mm -hmm. Rec have recognized. Well, do you th the people that are appointed by the governor, I presume that there are individuals who are supporting each one of the candidates, and, and the candidates uh, uh, would love to be on that board too for the historical the type things and, and the love of those communities right there that are around sure. it. Now, you know, uh, in visiting with Jenny Williams, Jenny, Jenny was selected to be a trustee at one time. Mm -hmm. uh, she had always been involved in the uh, Sam Davis, I mean, just yeah. any type activities. I remember our Rotary Club chairman uh, at one time had a big Christmas ball. Mm -hmm. And the proceeds were for the Sam Davis home. Yeah. And of course, at the Christmas ball, Jenny and David would come dressed in the era attire, as did a lot of people, you know. But they, you know, they had the dresses and the clothes that uh, they wore at several different activities mm -hmm. with the Sam Davis home. But she was asked uh, if she would be interested in serving. And I, as I understand it, the, the names are submitted to the governor's office and, and he has a, a a group of that appoints boards and commissions and makes recommendations mm -hmm. but I remember her talking about all the background investigations yeah. that they did it's just like in the military getting a security clearance yeah they, they wanted to make sure uh, they knew as much as they could about the ones that they were nominating uh, to these trustees now the last time I did visit with Barbara uh, she had told me that 
the terms of office of two of their trustees were set to expire, and they agreed to stay on the board of trust mm -hmm. uh, at the governor's pleasure. So that there's been no change uh, for the I guess the next two years when they when they appoint their trustees. Yeah. So, what's the next step now? Well, uh, from from what I understand, talking to my acquaintance with the Corps, uh, they have drafted this memorandum. Uh, it uh, it has several flaws in it, uh, and I shared uh, some corrections with him, but for some reason they chose not to make them. Yeah. But uh, it's it it will require the concurrence of all parties. Uh, to proceed with the destruction of the dam. So uh, one of the signatories is the Tennessee Historical Commission. Uh, I would be surprised that they concurred with it. Yeah. Uh, the the school board, uh, I, I don't know uh, what, what, what their desire is, but I was told that if either the school board or the Sam Davis Memorial Association recluse decided not to sign this memorandum, that would be the end of the discussion. That it would not be destroyed because they realized they were the owners and they, they had to approve it. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't speak for the Sam Davis group, but you know, again, given, given all of the historical significance, given the state law that establishes them, that Basically, in so many words, says they're there to preserve and and to uh, see after the well-being of the the facility. I, I don't see how they could vote to destroy it. Uh, I mean, I can I can appreciate some of them's concerns about safety and limbs falling out of trees and running water and close to a school, but you know. We're not looking at much, a whole lot of running water either. Oh no, and it, I mean it's knee deep most of the time. Yeah, I and mean, you're not looking at. Uh, uh, I would personally, I'd be a lot more concerned about that highway out there in front of the elementary school. But uh, it's amazing how it's amazing how much power uh, we have given a lot of groups, and, and, and the core is one of them. Extra, uh, large amount of power, and, right? And, and uh, they have a, a, a lot of uh, uh, experts in those particular fields and things like that. But uh, it, it looks like that uh, with, with all the work that you have done and Greg has done over this, um, a lot of things have been open for the public to see. And I think that is a, an amazing um, accomplishment well, thank that you, you guys thank have you. done. Personally, you know, I, I would like to see both of those groups non-concur and, you know, worst case scenario, just leave it as it is. Yeah. Leave it as it is. I think it's a great idea to put a historical marker there. I think the, the historical significance uh, is important. Uh, and Greg has made some recommendations that uh, I don't think they... I'm pretty sure they received them, but they didn't incorporate them into what was said now. Yeah. But he's going to have an opportunity, uh, as well as myself, to, to comment on it before it is finalized. 
but uh, I don't know anything that, that I could say that I hadn't already said. Uh, well, I hate to use that as a kind of like a bank for other people to be able to utilize um, for other intentions rather than for that particular sure. situation I mean, if, that's if, going on. If, if they would compensate these groups, I mean, uh, for, for getting rid of their asset would be a different story. Yeah. But uh, I don't think, and I, I haven't read this memorandum of agreement from front to back. I scanned it, but I don't, I didn't recall seeing anything in there that it mentioned any type of compensation, period. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've got to wrap up the show. Well, I appreciate your time. And I'm so happy that you came by today. Thank you so much. You're a lot of fun. And, and uh, it got me off of the target of somebody throwing <laughs> spears at me yeah, this morning. I heard a little bit of that, but it uh, worked out well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anything else? It's your show, Greg. Anything else? Yeah, let's go back to that the church issue we were talking. All right, we're at the show, the show is wrapped up. We'll see you. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Thank you.